one. It's uh, the two-minute Terminator, and uh, we've got a treat for the fans. He's been mentioned many, many times on the show. Uh, you know him, you love him. It's uh, Peter Kent, of course, one of Hollywood's greatest stuntmen. If you don't know his face, uh, you'll certainly know his work. Peter has performed as a stunt double for Arnold Schwarzenegger for, well, 15 years. Uh, he's been in this legendary run of movies, uh, which I think no one has even topped even to this day. Uh, we've got Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Terminator 2 3D, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, The Running Man, Red Heat, Twins, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Last Action Hero, <laughs> True Lies, Eraser. Uh, where do we even begin with that, Peter? Uh, he also runs uh, the Peter Kent School of Hard Knocks, so if there are any budding stuntmen out there, uh, I was one for a time, certainly. We're going to find out how you actually uh, start in this business and, uh, well, what it's like uh, as a stuntman. Peter, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm so uh, glad to have you on. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here. And uh, sorry for the technical difficulties we had at the outset here, but I think we've got them mastered. It's okay. It was a Skynet trying to interrupt the signal. I was <laughs> That's right. <laughs> trying to contact the real Terminator there. Uh, well, apart from thank you for coming on, we thought many, many times, because you have come up uh, numerous times in my show uh, we thought should we reach out to him and try and get him as a guest on the show we just said nah he'd never do that and then lo and behold through some quirk of fate you found the two minute Terminator page and uh, here we are how did you find out about us uh, actually it was funny my wife uh, saw your your uh, uh, your podcast somewhere okay. and sent me the <laughs> sent me the link to it I was actually laying in bed upstairs and uh, I, I happened to click on the link and go to and then I went to your Facebook page okay. and uh <laughs> And that's where I sent you that uh, my my uh, photo my uh, email bomb there, and just had to touch base with you and just say what's going on with you guys. And uh, yeah, I, I see that you've been chatting about me briefly here and there. So well, we have. I was going to come to this later in the show, but I'll ask you now because at some point we did an entire episode on you, and then I can't remember which one it was. But then <laughs> around Terminator Three, Billy D. Lucas kind of shows up as a, a kind of a, a stuntman in the Arnold movies. So, I mean, what uh, happened there? Were you, did, were you kind of uh, have retired now and he just took over or something? No. Um, well, I have retired, yes, uh, and I only teach. But you you have to understand that um, in, in, well, let's use Terminator 2, for example. Extremely busy film, a lot going on, and I was the primary double in that film. Yeah. Uh, but we did have to have other people come in and do pickup shots, like some long-range stuff of guys on motorcycles going by. Yeah. Um, anything where you could see the face, which wasn't, when it wasn't Arnold, was of course me, yeah. uh, wearing the mask. But, um, well, you know, you, other shots... You famously did that stunt jumping off the storm drain in the Harley-Davidson. Still one of the greatest stunts uh, of all time, really, isn't yes, it? Yes, rated by CNN number nine of the top ten greatest stunts. So how did, how did Billy uh, D come into uh, play? Was he, did he work with you or has he worked under you or something? Or? He, he has worked with me uh, on many occasions in other shows. And uh, he's got the similar height. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, but his facial structure isn't the same. So, you know, it, like I said, in those longer shots when you needed somebody in there, then uh, Billy was always there standing by. Yeah, well, I guess you got the A good guy, Billy Lucas. You bear, uh, obviously, a great resemblance to Arnold. So how did this actually begin to you? Begin for you? Because you came uh, from Canada to LA to be an actor, right? Is that correct? Um, I came from LA. I came to LA from Vancouver, uh, not knowing what I was doing in particular. I, uh, I just got on a plane, sold everything I owned, and, and headed for Los Angeles, lived in the YMCA, uh, went out on a regular basis looking for work until some uh, small casting company called me up at the Y and left a message for me saying, uh, we have this little movie that we're doing background on, and uh, James Cameron would like to see you as a stand-in for Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
And funny enough, I had just uh, dressed up as Arnold on Halloween in Vancouver before I'd left. I left in <laughs> end of October, and I was dressed as Conan, uh, you know, with, and I, wearing a stinking deer skin uh, that I I had managed to find off cut off somebody's dead deer and I strapped that on and, and went out. Uh, it was funny because, you know, the, the synchronicity there of just showing up in LA and, and the right place and the right time. And then I went in and saw James Cameron. He took one look at me and he said, uh, you know, you're here for the Arnold thing. And yeah. And he said, well, you're great as a stand in, which would be for lighting. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and he said, and he turned to the producer and said, sign him. And then he took two steps and turned back again. He said, you've done stunts before too, right? And I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> because fake it I, till you make it <laughs> well I, I had assumed that if I'd said no I might not have the job so uh, I needed a job at yeah, that I've, point. I've done that for acting jobs not for stunts but I've, yeah. you know, I've said I could ride a horse then went out and got horse riding lessons that weekend yeah well it, it worked you know um, obviously the first film Terminator there was some moments in there that uh, uh, was a little out of my depth um, <laughs> but fortunately uh, when we went on to the next film which was Commando uh, I was working with a with a wonderful guy named Bob Yerkes, uh, who used to train people for Circus of the Stars. Right. I don't know if anyone out there remembers that show, uh, but it was sort of, it, yeah, they would take, they would take budding actors and well-known actors and they would take them and run them through a circus performer school. And then they would actually, it was sort of like dancing with the stars, only a circus of the stars. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, he had a full facility set up for that and, uh, you know, high wire trapeze, airbags, everything. And so he invited me out to his place and trained me. And he, uh, to his credit, has trained a lot of up-and-coming stunt guys. A lot of guys owe their career to uh, Bob Yerke. So, Bob, if you ever hear this, God bless you. Love you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, how did you manage on the first Terminator? Because I guess it wasn't the behemoth kind of franchise it was then. I mean, was it regarded? Because James Cameron kind of had no heat. He'd done, I think, Piranha 2, and he worked under Roger Corman as a kind of set decorator. Actually, where he met Bill Paxton, who's also in... Uh, Terminator 1, of course. I mean, did you think, oh, God, is this kind of a shitty sci-fi movie I'm doing? It's a, it's a living, I guess. It's a start. Or was well, it like, yeah, it, when Arnold was it, mentioned, obviously, it was like, oh, okay, this is, a, this is something special. Well, it was a start, right? And I had nothing to really compare it to. Mm. Uh, and, and that's the funny piece of it, because Arnold, when James Cameron first asked me if I'd done stunts before, and I said, yes, our industry <laughs> in Vancouver in 1984 was pretty much non-existent, so where would I have ever gotten that experience? But yeah. anyway, he bought the story. Uh, so this was really my first major film of any kind to be involved with for its duration. And so, uh, you know, I really had nothing to, to gauge it against. And so for me, it seemed like a big deal. Uh, I was really excited every day to come to work. There were some super long hours. Um, yeah. I can remember being, you know, uh, on set uh, on a night shoot and then Arnold going home in the morning and them just putting black cloth over the windows and carrying on until midday. And that crew would go home wow. and then the day crew would come back at five o'clock and I would still be shooting. So I'd be up for 24, 36 hours. Wow. And then Arnold shows back up on set and you've got to uh, perform. What's Arnold like uh, to kind of deal with? Because I guess he's kind of uh, he's a he's like he's a. An icon, of course, but he's kind of very much a. <laughs> Come on, do it! Don't be a girly yeah. man. Is he a, yeah, is Peter, he's a get out there. Uh, not really. I mean, you know, he would come and sometimes watch some of the gags, uh, but a lot of times, you know, he would just be like, "Yeah, Peter, get out there and do it," <laughs> and. And, uh, you know, and, and you would just sit in the trailer and have coffee or else he'd come out with a cigar and a coffee and watch. And then, you know, you'd get up off the ground and you'd wait for at least you had the decency to wait for you to get up off the ground to see if you were still alive. 
and uh, then he would go back into the trailer and finish his cigar. And yeah. I spent a lot of I spent a lot of time in the trailer with him, smoking cigars and drinking coffee. So you know, it was just sort of like a little social social uh, hub in his trailer. Well, he seems like very fun. I mean, even on the Terminator Two making ofs that I've watched, he's always like cracking jokes and like uh, playing tricks on people. And there he did lots of uh, things to like Stan Winston when they were shooting Predator and stuff in the hotel rooms. Uh, yeah, and stuff oh, yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, there was some legendary pranks going on. I think it came really to a peak when we did uh, Raw Deal in North Carolina, and uh, we had found a joke shop in the downtown core of uh, of Wilmington. And, of course, we bought everything that was available there. It didn't matter whether we might use it or not. We just cleaned the place out. So there was traps <laughs> laid for each other every turn, everywhere you went, exploding cigars, uh, you know, uh, itching powder. We took we took itching powder and we put it on Robert Davi's toilet paper in his room. <laughs> so you could imagine what that was like when he showed up on set uh, the next morning and was uh, scratching furiously and ran off set screaming <laughs> after a couple of minutes. But it's it's uh I mean that corridor of films for Arnold and you you've kind of had this like journey together particularly through that I guess the 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 highest point of his career when it just started with uh, not Cone of course with Terminator and then went all the way through to kind of jingle all the way it was just one hit after hit and not only just a hit it was like uh, one legendary classic film after another I mean they're still making sequels or spin-offs or trying to redo i mean predator example they're still trying to do like uh terminators james cameron i understand gets the rights back in a couple of years and he's going to like at least produce uh some new version of that i mean uh how does it feel to be kind of like like literally i'm reading it now like uh, commando raw deal predator running man red heat twins uh total recall air america i'm ask you about as well with uh mel gibson uh mm -hmm. Uh, kindergarten cop terminator 2 i mean some of these are cl considered in like the bf is it the bfi's greatest films of all time i mean these aren't just like action movies they're like cultural uh milestones really they're part of the zeitgeist yeah well that's um it's it's nice to hear <laughs> i mean you know at the end of the day for me it was just happy to to be able to as we always said nice to be able to drive yourself home in your car and not have to take the ambulance <laughs> so uh you, you've got like a training obviously as a stuntman when you began on terminator though i mean what were you, what were they asking you to do could did you ride the motorcycle and stuff when they were being chased at the end i mean what kind of were the main stunts you did within terminator as a start and then we'll kind of uh, work through some of the highlights well you have to remember i had really no experience and so i was winging it as best as i could uh they had me come in and you know uh, i did drive some of the motorcycle work there was also another guy named gene hartline mm -hmm. who uh, who did the explosions in the tunnel when they were throwing the bombs back at the yeah. terminator uh, and he actually got unseated from the bike and broke his ankle really badly. So uh, I was quite glad that that wasn't me at that point. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you have to remember, too, because they were using me as a photo double. Uh, so the camera is more on your face. And so because of that, in the background where it wasn't going to you weren't going to really see the face as long as it was a figure dressed in the same clothes doing the same action. Sure. It was suitable enough for that long distance frame. Um, and then so I would be somewhere else shooting something else. Mm. Um, you know, and so I did that. I did uh, a lot of the motorcycle work, burnouts on the bike, uh, the shooting. My very first night of work was in the underground parking lot you know, where he's in the cop car shooting out the windows to, and uh, Kyle uh, with a shotgun. So that was really fun for me. It's like, here's your first day of work. Get in the car, <laughs> drive up here, hang the shotgun out the window and start firing at that car. And when they back out and take off, floor it after them. And I was like, geez, this is friggin' great. <laughs> Because you, you were nearly 30, right? 27 or 28 when you first started the Terminator, right? 
I was 28, I believe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's the recommended age that people start as stuntmen? I mean, you've obviously done this for many years now. Was, is that considered a late start uh, for someone in the business industry now? It is. It's considered a late start, yes, uh, for stunts. And I didn't start bodybuilding until I was 27 either. No. So uh, I had a lot of catching up to do. And by the time you can imagine what it was like when we got to Commando, when he had shirt off, uh, and I was, you know, and, and he, he called me up after I, we had finished uh, Terminator. And then I went on to do a, a classic uh, cult film called Reanimator. Yeah, Stuart Gordon's thing where you actually uh, had some acting work, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, if you, if you can call biting people's fingers off acting, I guess. Sure. Melvin the Reanimated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so then I, I hadn't seen Arnold. I would catch him in the gym once in a while in between. And all of a sudden, one day he saw me in the gym. He goes, hey, Peter, we have another film to do here. It's a commando. Uh, and so I, and I went, ended up going over to his house and we read the script and we hung out and had some cigars. And it, my background at that point uh, has always been as an actor. Yeah. And so because of that, he sort of used me as a sounding board to read scripts with and stuff because I was a fellow actor. And it would be one on one with nobody's prying eyes watching us, nobody listening in as to whether he made mistakes or not. So yeah, it was a safe environment. And things. Yeah, so it was yeah. a safe environment for him. And, and I ended up doing that through, his, through my entire career with him. Uh, and pretty much constantly, I would be reading with him almost on every script. Um, and so, you know, it'd be, it'd, then he just said, hey, it's commando and let's get busy. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, you need to get into gym here now because you're too scrawny. <laughs> so, so, so who uh, was training you? Was it a mix of someone else and Arnold? Because I, 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 as much as I think Arnold. I'd like to work out with Arnold, I imagine it'd be very like, painful. And, like, it, you'd ride your ass was. into the ground, right? It was painful, and uh, you know it, the funny part of it was it was only him that I trained with, and I and I think I have the luxury of saying I was the only guy to ever train with him for fifteen years, almost every day. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't know it now, but anyway. Um, no, but so, I imagine even people like Franco Colombo and uh, Lou Ferrigno couldn't even claim that either, could they? No, they would be there. They would be there, you know, on an alternating basis. But I was in there every day because we would literally start the day at the gym, then go have breakfast then go to his house and read the script, or he would come to my house and read the script. And then usually what I would do to catch up is go back to the gym. Um, so I trained with him pretty regularly. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was never, he would never tell me if I was ever doing it right, only if I was doing it wrong. And then he'd come up and kick, kick me in the back or, you know, punch me in the back and say, Peter, you're doing it wrong. It's like this, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what was James Cameron also like to work? Because I understand he's a taskmaster. I met, uh, I was walking actually through the Hollywood Hills. I was actually looking. I was lost. I went to LA uh, for pilot season. I was looking for a job. And I actually just went, screw this. I went to walk through uh, kind of behind, uh, God, where is it? Uh, the Chateau Marmont, all the houses up there. And this guy kind of suspiciously came out of his house and stopped me. Well, hey, buddy, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it, as it turned out, I recognized him. He was uh, one of the Navy SEALs with Michael Bean in the Abyss. Uh, Christopher Murphy and he said like uh, he's fantastic to work with but the problem is the only thing I guess he doesn't know is acting uh, and stunts so you're kind of okay but he said being on set Cameron is quite a, a taskmaster I mean the proof's in the pudding he's made some of the greatest films of all time and still is I mean uh, Avatar takes a lot of heat but I, I think Avatar's a fantastic film uh, yeah I mean what was Cameron like uh, to work with the young I, I guess even more hungry with something to prove Cameron yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience because people always say that, you know, they have that reference standard of him, like on The Abyss, where he was, everybody said they would never work with him again and that he was a madman, uh, you know, and, and if you look at some of the things he did on The Abyss, they were insane. 
but when I first started on on uh, Terminator, he was you know easy to get along with. I think I also had the advantage of I'm Canadian and he's Canadian from yeah. Toronto, and we had we had that dialogue right off the top. He said, "Oh, you're you, you sound you know from you, you sound like you're Canadian." I said, "I am," and he, I said, "I'm Vancouver." He goes, "Oh, Toronto." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So we we got off on that foot right away, um, and because we're Canadians, we have this attitude where we never take each other seriously, and so I never I never did really. Um, and I knew him. He he wasn't quite the taskmaster on the first Terminator. He pushed people hard, yeah. but he didn't have he didn't have the whip. You know, the crook and flail didn't come out until later on, on like on T two, uh, and so on T two when he when he had gar- garnered this reputation as a bit of a tyrant. I still remembered the guy that I had worked with back on Terminator, so I didn't put up with any of his crap. So you know, he hate, he hated people reading on set. If I had a newspaper in my hand, he would tear it up. So I remember one day sitting there reading a paper, holding it up like this, and he came by and ripped it down the middle. So I just took the two pieces that were left and stuck them back together again and <laughs> pretended to read. And that he, he was furious at that. And then uh, he and I almost had fisticuffs when we were doing uh, True Lies in Florida. He came at me and he was dancing on his toes with his fists up, yelling at me. And uh, he said, what have you been doing in Arnold's trailer, you know, acting like a bunch of kids in there smoking cigars and goofing off? I said, who's acting like a child now in front of their crew with their, you know, screaming and yelling? And he got up on his toes and his fist came up. And I said, Jim, you get one and I get one. All right. <laughs> And then he looked at me and he goes, just get out there and do a good job. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump onto Terminator 2. The main stunt you obviously did that I remember, because even you could kind of see even then it was uh, kind of you with a kind of a prosthetic, which I guess is good for you because it kind of, uh, it's definitely you doing it. You're only six years into stunts now. Uh, was it daunting doing that jump? Because I know it was kind of on bungee cords, but even so, that could so badly go wrong and you could like, I guess, compress or damage your spine or just come off the bike. I mean, I'd be, I'm a, I ride motorcycles. I've got a Harley and, uh, I know they're not designed for that certainly, but even on any bike I'd be going, uh, can we get someone else to do this? Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, funny enough, it, James, uh, when we did T2, he called me at home and, uh, he said, I want you to double them. I, I have a lot of work for you here. Come by and get the script. So I came by and we chatted and he showed me some storyboards and he gave me the script and I went back and I read the script. I came back two days later and I, and I said to him, so what bike are you planning to use in this? Like a, a Honda 500 or what? And he goes, no, no, a Harley. The Terminator rides a Harley. I looked at him and I was waiting for him to smile. He didn't smile. So I realized he was serious about it then. And he said, he said now you're going to go out with the drivers. We're going to pick five fat boy bikes and I want you to select a couple of them and get them into the shop and whatever tweaks they need to be done, like carburetors, uh, cams, valves, all that stuff, because a couple of them are going to need to be fast to get you out of harm's way. Yeah. Okay, good. So we did that. Um, um, the jump itself, uh, it, it had been fairly well set up by the effects guys before I got there. They had balanced that whole system. And it, you're right, it was run on an overhead trolley, uh, a, were ca- you, a cable. Were you, were you connected to a cable? Because I know the, the bike was, and they paid that. But were you uh, cabled as well? I was not cabled off, no. Oh, Jesus. I was just, so, you know, and the thing was, nobody had actually physically tested that, that jump with yeah. the bike on it, with a person on it until I got there. So it was, it, was, it was difficult to get it to come in with a natural uh, English on it so you could get the back of the bike down and the front wheel up. So I had to strain back and push on the pegs against the rear cable to get to rise the front a bit. So I'm literally forcing 800 pounds with my legs, like doing an 800-pound leg press yeah. to try and get the bike to have a proper uh, angle coming in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one time I came in and snapped the brakes off. And so I couldn't stop the thing. And I almost ran James Cameron over. I remember him standing there looking at, watching me 
And of course, in, in looking through the lens, you only see in two dimensions. You don't see distance. So he was watching through the lens, and I'm trying to keep the Terminator face on and, and be stoic and, and be that Terminator character for as long as I can until I finally come at him, and I'm, I literally break character, and I'm like, get out of the effing way! <laughs> and, and he took his eye from the eyepiece, scooped up the legs on the sticks, and spun like this Toreador <laughs> away, and I missed him by inches and dropped the bike behind him on the ground. This is for tearing the newspaper! Oh, yeah, and then he yelled at me a few times for dropping the bike, too, and I'm like, it's inevitable you're going to drop the bike. And he's like, can you not wreck these bikes? We only have five of them. And I'm like, yeah, thanks for your concern, Jim. <laughs> how tall were the shocks on the back of the, the Harley? Were they, how long were they? Because the, the ones I've regular. got on mine are like uh, nine inch. I've got super tiny ones. The back is dropped down, and the front's like... Uh, really jacked up it's like a bobber i've cut the frame and everything but like uh they were just regular uh yeah. rear springs wow yeah we never we never altered the suspension in the bike at all only the engine did it destroy the swing arm or the the anything like that uh it didn't but it broke the front forks right uh, so one time it broke the front forks off the other time it snapped the welds off for the back brake and the whole brake assembly came off so you know trying to stop it with the front brake i washed the front wheel out and went down which uh, take um, is it? Is it is that spark real when you hit the ground and then there's that bounce? No, it's an it's an effect. Right, it's an effect. <clears throat> but how many takes did you actually do doing the jump? Seven. <laughs> okay. Seven. And they used the first yeah. take, right? <laughs> uh, I think they probably. I think it was the third take. Actually, was the one that worked the best. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was I going to say? I'm going to uh, come. Did you study uh, Arnold at all for any mime? So you kind of have the same walk and stuff. I did. Yeah, and that was one reason why. Uh, Jim was so happy to have me because uh, having a background as an actor, mm. when I when I first came in and I realized that I was I had to double the man. Obviously, I understood then what doubling meant, and it meant you know every, every characteristic that the character had. And the Terminator has a specific walk. The Terminator has a specific way of moving, and so I studied those things uh, like any good actor would, um, and brought that back to into Terminator Two uh, as with you know a little more refined than I had the first time around. Mm. Um, and so that, that was one thing that Jim was really pleased to have. And he actually complimented me on it several times. He was like, you know, if you find, you've actually got the walk down. In fact, at one point he said to me, Arnold was late to the set one day and he said, you know what? God damn it. I'm just going to shoot the T3, the next movie with you and to hell with him. And I said, so do I, so do I get the 20 million? <laughs> <laughs> have the uh, prosthetics uh, like evolved over the years when you were doing Arnold? Cause they, it was looked like it was just a mouthpiece in Terminator 2. And then I think in, uh, uh, last action here you got kind of cheekbones put on and stuff maybe i think i mean i'm yep. just going by like photographs here but uh i mean no it, it was the full it was the full package cheekbones uh because i'd shattered my face when i was at 17 i went through the windshield of a car and was uh, dead on arrival whoa and so they had to restart me at the hospital i had my cheekbones all rebuilt so some people say that that's what that's your first stunt yeah, it was. Yeah, and God said, "If you like that, I've got more for you." Um, and and so uh, the the actually the mask uh, was sort of a sum and a difference of both of our faces uh, from two molds. Um, and I wore it sixty six consecutive days on that show. Mm. Uh, you can imagine the hell that plays on your skin when you've got uh, this prosthetic glue. Oh, I've had glue it when, on yeah. Face. And they try and like dig under it and like put uh, the little cotton buds and moisturizer to like work it off slowly. It kind of uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very damaging. Well, it never got to that point because uh, I removed it myself several times at the end of the day and then makeup realized that I could do it myself and so they'd just bugger off at the end of the day and leave <laughs> me to do it myself. How many hours so did it take just, to put on? Uh, the initial time was uh, six hours. Whoa. Uh, because what happened, it was the first time. And, um, and this is Terminator 2, right, when they first started thinking in, of the prosthetics? Yep. 
Jim was shooting the scene in the house with uh, with Eddie's um, step parents, um, Janelle and uh, whatever his name was, I forget now. Uh, and he was in the house oh, shooting. Oh, sorry, Jeanette things. Goldstein, of course, Vasquez yeah. from Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so I had me come to the set and uh, Jeff Don and his makeup crew put the appliance on me and it took six hours. And Jim said, okay, now, Peter, I want you to go out on the bike. I'm going to stand in the driveway and I want you to drive by the house. So this, on this drive-by, I was praying. Jesus, I pray it doesn't work. I pray it looks hideous. And as I passed the house, he gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just going to jump on to Predator. Which, uh, did you do that? Uh, God, which, which sense did you do? There's, a, there's this horrific jump and there's this poor guy literally falling from a cliff into a lagoon. I think it's when it's Arnold and he's, he's escaping the Predator. It's just him left, really. And he yeah. slides down this gully and then off. And then it's kind of this, like... It, it looks like stock footage, but it's not. It's just that I think the stock is just a bit grainy, but it's this guy, and it's just he's falling hundreds and hundreds of feet. I mean, what yeah. were your stunts actually on uh, Predator? I know there's lots of uh, pranks and stories back and forth between like Carl Weathers and Stan Winston, of course, but uh, I mean, what, oh, yeah. what was your uh, role in all of this in Predator? Oh, all kinds of things. Um, you know, pretty much every day, just whatever you could imagine. And a lot of the stuff also was photo doubling him. Mm. Uh, like when you see the heat seeking camera, the, uh, the uh, predator's vision. Yeah. If you look at some of those shots, it's me without a mask specifically just standing there on the close-ups. Uh, and you can actually tell that it's not Arnold. If you look at the <laughs> the way the face is shaped when he's talking to Billy and they're pointing up into the trees. Yeah. That's actually a shot shots of me standing there. Is that um, you with, you know, is that Sonny Landham next year? Is that another double it, as well? It is. Yeah, it is Sonny Landham. Yeah, Sonny was quite the character to work with. Yeah, on the yeah. making of they said there was like uh, a bodyguard protecting people from him and not the other way around, <laughs> or not protecting yeah. Sonny, protecting other people. What was he like? Well, uh, he was. Uh, I'll use the term into his cups, but I'm sure it was other things as well. Uh, he was um, fairly fairly active. Uh, you know, hanging out by the pool. Uh, in a set of speedos with pubic hair sprouting from every angle, and <laughs> <laughs> just some pretty garish stuff going on. And, and uh, yeah, I did that scene. You know, at the very end of the of the film, when Arn he's standing on the log bridge, and the predator comes after him, and he, you see him slice his abs with the with the machete. Yeah, uh, that's actually my stomach because he was far too bloated and sickly looking, uh, so they couldn't zoom in on his stomach. So if you <laughs> if you ever go back and look at that, can I you'll ask? Why that? Because there's a lot of fan speculation as to why that happens. Is it because he's, I guess, meant to be an, a, a First Nations person, Native American? Is it releasing his soul with the blade? Is that the I idea so, of yeah, cutting it's... himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of back and forth on that. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, moving on. Uh, I was going to say, Total Recall, uh, shot in Mexico, of course. Are you, you're on camera in it, aren't you? I've not seen I it am. for a while, I... but I've, I can't remember who it is. But I, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen you in it as you. Yes, I played one of the guys in Richter's wolf pack <laughs> in a black suit. And then I get shot on the escalator in that big escalator shootout. Oh, that super brutal thing where they're using, using that guy as a human shield. Exactly, yeah. He's using Steve, Steve Lambert, stuntman, as a human shield, yeah. There was a lot of blood and guts flying on that show. It was, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We were there for six months in Mexico City at Cherubusco Studios, which, as you know, is probably, other than Pinewood, is the biggest studio in the world. Yeah, well, uh, I think they shut it on the subway as well because it had that very kind of like stark, brutal, futuristic look, didn't it? All those like that it, concrete stairs and stuff. It did, yeah. And uh, that, that all that stuff in in that particular place was actually the military headquarters of the uh, Mexican army in Mexico City. And then we did do a bunch of it in the subway as well. Um, yeah, Paul Verhoeven, interesting guy to work with. Uh, crazy, 
but but in a good way. <laughs> I think I guess all good directors, it sort of ostensibly goes with the title. Uh, it was a fun shoot, yeah, and and you know his vision for it. Uh, uh, I've seen the new one uh, with Colin Ferguson. Yeah, Colin not, Farrell's not version. Colin, it's not Colin that, Farrell, not that great. Yeah. No, it, I found it uh, all the visceral stunts, and and that's what happens these days, right? Everything gets CG'd, and you lose a lot of that visceral look of the stunts because you know they're not practical anymore. They're all done behind a green screen. Well, I was going to ask. I mean, I've uh, spoken to Rick Baker, uh, the special make the makeup special effects guy, and like even he said, well, he's retired now because he just said it's too hard in the fight to get work because I think because of like Pirates of the Caribbean two when you had Davy Jones. And they kind of do CGI makeups now. Has the same thing happened to stunts where the computers kind of sideline a lot of you guys uh, in yeah. terms of like, oh, we can just create it with like a, a synthespian, if you will, like a an artificial person, a computer falling off that building, as opposed to kind of using a a real person. They obviously lose something because you can. I still think you can tell. I think there should be like, uh, I don't know. I mean, has it affected the business in in those terms? Well. <sighs> It has to some degree, and it's it's sort of a six of one, half a dozen of the other. You have um, you have a, a <laughs> um, what what you have is uh, you you've t you've taken away a lot of the visceral aspect of it. So, for instance, the the thing I did on T two on the truck riding on the truck, um, you know that was that was literally James Cameron said that was a life and death situation, and it was. Had I fallen, I would have been killed. So, and he said I would never do that again. That was just far too dangerous. Yeah. I, and it's nice to hear that after the fact about me, right? Well, it is. Um, I mean, I was going to say, I'm going to play a clip as you talk about this over it, but you jump off the back of that uh, kind of flatbed truck. You climb onto the back uh, of the cab of a gigantic 18-wheeler, uh, shoot, shoot a machine gun through the windshield. And then the next scene, obviously, when you're surfing the goddamn thing, I mean, that again, one of the greatest stunts of all time. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you're right. I, it, they do kind of lose something. I think... Uh, Tom Cruise is flying the flag, but it's still, it's it's spectacular. But it's kind of it's uh, him doing it. And I think we're seeing not enough of that from stunts yeah. in general. And and what you're getting is you're getting um, you're what you're getting is you're getting this background that's almost cartoonish. Yeah. Because it's not real, so you're getting all the green screen work, and the stunt guys are still going through some. You know, they're getting some heavy hits. They're flying on wires and a lot of that stuff. Uh, my good friend Andy Armstrong was the coordinator on the Spider Man. Is he related um, to does, Vic Armstrong, by any chance? He is, yeah. Vic's brother. Okay, yeah, yeah he's um, one of the greatest stuntmen of all time, of course. Uh, Terry yeah. Leonard, who, who springs to mind, he did that uh, drag behind the truck in Raiders. And, uh, I mean, I don't think many people know about this guy in England, Dar Robinson, fantastic yeah. stuntman who, like, began acting as well. We did that... Uh, Stick. Uh, Stick, he plowed the albino and he kind of, he's hanging off a building, acting, and then he falls off while shooting a gun. It's like, again, all these amazing stunts. I think we are kind of losing that, uh, that art, if you will. It's, it's, yes. uh, yeah. I, I it's hope just, it changes. It's, it's, it's much cheaper to go to the computer. You don't have to have those, you don't have to go to a practical set of a, in that case of stick, you know, renting or finding a gigantic apartment building, locking off a six square block area for your base camp and for safety and all of that. Your, your hours of rigging, all of your safety background guys, when you can do that on a green screen on a big sound stage and get all of the same stuff and cut your costs by one third or maybe even more. So this is what's happening. It's, it's being driven by, by money because now the CG effects can be done much more cheaply. But I think the knock-on effect of that, of course, is you do lose this in-camera uh, rawness and reality. And I think, I, I would hope uh, there's going to be a harking back to that. People will get sick of these kind of, I think all the films now, I, I mean, 
uh, some of the DC films spring to mind when the last 20 minutes of Batman versus Superman or the last 20 minutes of Man and Steel, it's just this gigantic mess which gives you like stro- this strobing headache. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah. I, I do, I think there'll be like a disdain for it eventually and it will kind of swing back again where you want to see real people, not in peril, but kind of like in camera effects and in camera stuff. I mean, I think the re- yeah. I mean there's a the, what is the I mean in camera effects wise to mention Terminator 2 there's that great start with the future war and they're in front of just a, a projected screen. Yeah. And there's like there's like terminators the they're like uh, stop motion terminators on a projected screen it's got a real set in front of it with people running around it looks mm-hmm. it still looks good to this day I think in camera effects and in camera stunts will stand the test of time and I think the films they're making now uh are not going to be in like 10 years. I think again the reason some of the films you've been involved with and Paul Verhoeven, uh, because they've got this raw reality to them. That's why they kind of are still lauded over as uh, fantastic uh, films with gigantic fan bases that kind of want more. But I think the filmmakers of today are kind of getting it wrong and trying to, again, do it all with CGI. I think some of the later Terminator yeah. films suffered from that as well. Yes, uh, I do too. I saw I saw Genesis when I was watching Genesis, and that whole helicopter sequence in there just played like a video game to me. Yeah. And again, not to bang on about it, that uh, fantastic helicopter stunt in Terminator 2 when it goes under the overpass and back mm-hmm. up while chasing the truck and then they crash a real helicopter rig on a gimbal or whatever it is straight into the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. It, on a crane, yeah. Yeah. And again, your stunt of uh, surfing the, uh, the what is it, the uh, liquid nitrogen truck. Just amazing. Yeah. Uh, just jumping on to your, I think your final film, is it with Arnold? Uh, Eraser. This nearly killed you, didn't it? What happened with that? Uh, well, it comes, it comes down to, uh, I'm sure you'll remember the sequence where they're fighting on top of the big uh, shipping container, the yeah. three ton overseas shipping container, which is being swung on a gantry crane over to uh, a, a freighter at the side of the dock. Sure. So J- James Kahn, uh, his double is on top of the box, Vanessa Williams double, which is April Wh- uh, Whedon White, who's a good friend of mine still, uh, and myself are on top of that box now the idea being is that uh there was cable cutters on the box it's 100 feet in the air we have descender cables on our back april stays up high uh jimmy's double and myself fall with the box uh and then at 20 feet off the deck the wires on our backs would pull us away but the box would actually shatter on the deck so from a high camera angle that would look like we had surfed it right to the ground but the key piece here is that those cables have to cut simultaneously all four of them on that box to make it drop square it didn't happen so you got you had three cables cut and one didn't cut. There wasn't so enough swung. voltage left in the line, so it swung. And as I went by it on my wire, I had the longest wire. It hit me just you know all three tons of it spinning like a baseball bat. Drove me out into the warehouse wall about seventy feet away, yeah. and then right back again and caught my wire up and just kept spinning me and beating me and spinning me and beating me. So it was uh, not one of the better days in the stunt business. Did you break anything? Were you injured? I mean, who's responsible for I that did. kind of happening? Is that the stunt uh, coordinator well, or? No, Is that would be a freak? effects. It would be effects uh, because a lot of us were standing around, uh, especially the stunt guys, the, well, the girl and the guys, uh, wondering, you know, we just had a bad feeling about it, but you can't call a stunt on a bad feeling. Uh, and so, you know, they, the fact is that they didn't test the voltage enough at the very end to make sure that the cutters had enough voltage to fire to cut that cable. Sure. They were under, and they were under pressure from the producer. Hurry up and get it done. Hurry up and get it done. Um, I broke collarbone, scapula, top three ribs, sprained my ankle. And the doctor said, had I not had the vest I was wearing on as tight as I had it on and been in the shape I was in, that would have killed me or probably broke, at least broken my back. Whoa. <clears throat> so. so that was the, was that your last kind of uh, hurrah as a stuntman? 
Uh, pretty much. I went on and did uh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold and did some stuff in that movie. But that was that was my final. Mm. I'd, I'd pretty much been doing it for 15 years off and on. Well, that's like an eternity, isn't it, in the life of a, a stuntman, I think you've said before in the past, right? Was it 15 years yeah. with Arnold? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you look at most guys do it for seven and then they become a they become a, a you know, a stunt coordinator or a second unit director or something of that ilk. Sure. But um, but to do it, you know, stay in the trenches for that long, you're just begging for something to have. <laughs> you're taunting Murphy, basically. <laughs> well, uh, before we wrap up, let's uh, for any budding stuntmen out there, uh, you own the Peter School, uh, the Peter, <laughs> the Peter Kent School yep. of Hard Knocks. There we go. Said it. Boom. You uh, got it. Is it's based in uh, Vancouver, right? It is Vancouver, Canada. Yep, Peter right. Kent School of Hard Knocks. You can find me on Facebook, uh, and uh, we teach pretty much everything that you need to know to be a stuntman. Obviously, it's not an, a heavy. I, I have students that come from this in per, this particular intake from Denmark, from West Virginia. They've come from Florida. They've come from Germany. I get international students, so I used to try and run it on a weekly basis for a, a one week long. And a lot of the students couldn't stay away from their jobs that long without losing their jobs. Mm. So now I've condensed it down into one extremely intense weekend. So you're basically on set for twelve hours a day, just getting a, a variety of of uh, different beatings. Uh, car hit, stair fall, high falls, wire flying, weapons training, fight choreography. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm thinking of coming to it. So it's only a weekend. I think it'd be like a, a month or two or three six month course or something. No, we used to, I used to offer it on a, like a two week basis, and yeah. then uh, as I said, I couldn't. A lot of my students just couldn't come because they were like, "Well, if I can't, I can't, can't leave my long. I'll get fired." Uh, and so what we've done is we just made it a very, very intense weekend. So what it basically does is it sets you up. We film it all. Everybody gets the demo reel to take away with them in HD. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, what it does, it gives you a demo reel to show for your work. It gives you a taste of what it's like. It lets you know what your weak spots are and what you're good at and what you're not good at. And, um, you know, it's sort of a primer. Uh, I would like to be able later on to run it on a bigger scale. Mm. Uh, but I, I have to find a facility, uh, uh, like I would have to have a big full-time facility for that. So that's good. Those we're small steps, I like it. So well, uh, yeah, and it's, you know, what's the great thing about it? The great thing about it is, is that it's an introductory for, for actors as well, because a lot of stunt acting roles are available these days where you can come out and do your own gags, your own fight, your own falls and all that stuff. So it sets you up for a safety. So, you know, you know, what's safe and what isn't because the ignorance on that part is the very dangerous piece, right? You don't know what you're doing. You come out on the set. Somebody says, okay, I just want you to fall down these stairs. Well, you, do you need pads? How, what's the safe way to fall? Uh, is there, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked around those things. And if you don't know what those questions are, you set yourself up for injury. Yeah. So, is there like, a, uh, is we, it seasonal or you, is it in I the do it, the summer? I do it, uh, I do it every, uh, about every three or four months. So I try to do three a year. Okay. So I'm going to make some uh, so the next one is in June, yeah. and then the, probably the, the last one will be in November. In November, yeah. And you can look it up on stuntschool.ca as well. And there's the curriculum there. Uh, the price is 2500 Canadian. Cool. And you get a burn suit out of the deal and all your footage in HD. And a show reel. Yeah, because I, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I was up for a role in Game of Thrones, and then they wanted you to be able to... Uh, have basic stunt training essentially and i mm -hmm. because i didn't have that i mean the stuff in it was just it was so like silly it was just like fighting and falling over but i think they just needed that extra assurance uh, yeah. that an act could do stunts so it's uh 
I want to come well, and do this. Probably later. And therein lies the that's that's our fa that's our actual base these days. We don't um, we get a few stunt guys that come in, but most of the guys that are established already have that background. Mm. So for me, uh, my uh, my purview on this is to make sure that people who are budding actors that want to do some stunts of their own, for me, safety is the most important thing, right? Yeah. Is to make sure these people don't get hurt. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there are many, many situations, even I've been put in them where they just say, you know, that's, it's fine. Just get out there. Just get, you know, like we're going to hook you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to hook you up. Just go. Um, and I learned from that how not to get killed. And I, and I want these people that are going out there into that world to understand what it takes to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's, it is important. I think, uh, and I think now there seems to be this growing interest by casting directors that you have had some basic stunt training. I would like to yeah. be an actual stuntman. I just don't think I had, uh, I didn't know anyone or the connections to do it where I was from. But uh, no, in the yeah. next life perhaps. But no, I, I really want to come and probably later in the year, but I definitely want to come and. Uh, do this course for sure but uh be good, be good to have you yeah i'm, I'm throw, coming. throw you down a flight of stairs and set you on fire <laughs> this is doing a <laughs> shitty podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh is there a qualification at the end of this or it's just like an introductory kind of course uh with a, a, essentially a showreel but it's, uh, it's it sounds great i want to come <laughs> I really do. Well, if you if you go on my Facebook page, you can take a look. There's a lot of clips there from past students doing all the gags that we do. The oh, I've seen it. The full body burn stuff, even in professional stunts, terrifies me. I, I mean, I think still that's one of the most impressive stunts you can do because you. I guess you're not allowed to breathe, are you, and stuff? No. No. And I, I'm assuming the the gels have improved. So you're, uh, you're we have actually... we have we have some of the very best that you can get made by Action Factory in the U.S. Uh, where you can actually do pretty much a naked burn. Yeah, because I remember wanted... back back in the day that the, the, they'd be in this like giant Michelin man suit, and you could tell it wasn't the actor. Like, there's a scene yeah. in the thing where they set fire to the thing, and it's going like a big kind of a <laughs> Michelin man suit. But no, I mean that's why I said the gels just to have that on your skin and not be burning to death. I've, it just sounds terrifying. Well, we've we've done over 400 burns in class, and we had one minor burn the size of my, my thumbnail on the back of a guy's neck once because he wouldn't listen and stand still when I was trying to paint the gel on him. Right. So that's not bad out of 400. Not at all. So, yeah, now I'm strongly thinking of coming to see you, sir. I might come and do this Good. to get Should. some skills. Uh, but, yeah, Peter, please, if you ever want to promote anything, or come on, please, uh, you know, let's have another chit-chat. There's so much more I could ask you, but uh, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for your valuable time, sir. Uh, well, we'll do it. We'll do it again. Yeah, two or three. Was it nearly three years of doing the Terminator Two Minute Terminator podcast? Uh, we've talked many times about you on the show, and the weird thing that our paths have now crossed. I've actually talked to you. Has been a fantastic uh, capper to the most recent season. So thank you so much, though. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, well, Peter you're welcome. Kent, uh, of course, uh, you can find his score on his Facebook page. I'll put links under the uh, the show notes of the YouTube channel. And uh, uh, what is it? iTunes. If you want to subscribe to my channel, please do. Uh, the Peter Kent School of Hard Knocks is uh, taking students. You uh, can uh, come and set fire yourself, get hit by a car, and uh, use guns. What more could a person mm. ask for? Come on. Uh, thanks, everyone. I've been Ethan McKinley. This is Two Minute Terminator. If you're listening on Questionable, it's the Questionable uh, podcast. We'll put it on both platforms. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. And Peter, thank you. It's been. Uh, fantastic talking to you it really has i mean cool. i've seen you in making ofs of stuff and arnold stuff like over the years and the fact we're all now face to face and you found my podcast it's like oh cool gratifying well <laughs> everything for a reason brother i love yours brother god bless man <laughs>